Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me, Jarrah Kimber. We're both standing. And, uh, yeah, that's all you really need to know at the end of a, a day where England moved into a commanding position with Australia now set to have to chase around 400 uh, in fourth innings. Uh, so if you take off the 250, Steve Smith will undoubtedly score. That's probably about uh, 20 or 30 too much for Australia. You're listening to the following on podcast. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm very good. We're, we're, are we standing or are we still standing? We're still standing. Uh, it was good to see the Investec ladies today, wasn't it? That was, that's what I remember from this day. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I think I've talked about this before. Actually, it might have been on TalkSport itself, but I've got a friend who's a, uh, a mathematician, does a lot of advanced cricket stuff, and he's got this theory that he can basically fast-forward test cricket beyond the third innings um, chases uh, the third innings total sets um, if you will uh, because it's such a pointless part of test cricket but uh, it does tire out bowlers which must be part of uh, why it exists but for a fifth test there's not even what's the point in tiring out Peter Siddle he'll never have to bowl in a test match again but here we are he always looks tired, even when he's starting out with a, a new ball and an opening spell um, anyway, let's get uh, down to it player of the day well, it's Steve Smith, isn't it, for that amazing catch? It is Steve Smith. I'm glad that you agree. Um, apologies to Joe Denley on... Who? Perhaps. Is today the greatest day of his life, or was yesterday the greatest day of his life? Today. <laughs> if he'd made 100, would that have eclipsed uh, his son... Was son or a daughter being born? Daughter. It, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he's obviously still not that good. 
And, you know, he, he was dropped by Marcus Harris. He got a couple of edges that didn't carry. He was LBW and they didn't review again. Um, but this was the best I've ever seen him bat, almost in any format. Um, and I've seen a lot of him bat. Uh, back you've, you've seen his entire test career? I've seen his entire test career. I've also seen him play for Kent. Um, I've seen him play for Middlesex. I've seen him play for Sydney Sixers, I think. I have seen. I don't know. You tell me. You were there. I've actually. I. Uh, this is how much of Denley I've seen. I've seen him make a hundred at the Oval against um, Surrey in a T20 game. I've seen so much of Joe Denley. Um, I'm a. I think you could safely say I'm a Denleyologist. He's not going to be that much better than he did today. Um, but there's something. There's something kind of to. It's, it's easy to say, look, firstly, let's never victimise the player. If he's getting picked, it's not his fault. It's the same with, you know, what Mitch Marsh was saying the other day. You can, you know, these are guys trying, they think they're good enough, they're trying their very hardest, and people, and people have a go at them. You can never go at the selectors. Do you know one thing I completely rate Joe Denley for? He, he never, he's never gone into his shell. He's always kind of kept um, to his attacking... I don't know, brief or just, that's his game. I mean, we've seen so many players, as they've come towards the end of their test career, or certainly if they fail, it's going to be the end of their test career, and it's every moment becomes torturous. I mean, the end of Keaton Jennings or Nick Compton. You know, players like this, you knew the clock was ticking, uh, even Adam Lyth. I mean, there's a lot of players you can think of that when the end came, Mark Stoneman, I mean, there are loads. You can't say that about Joe Denley. He's essentially just stuck to his game and I was listening to Ricky Ponting on Sky you know he was identifying the fact that essentially if the ball isn't under his nose he plays he does, basically doesn't get his, his leg across and he he, he's, he needs to either learn to leave the ball or he needs to learn to play the ball outside the line of off stump with ball underneath his nose and if he doesn't manage to do that he's going to struggle but essentially he kept going and fair play to him and, and he's not going to learn because he's mid to late 30s and you know he's in the twilight of his career no matter what happens probably from from here on in but one, yeah. one point though sorry you know we at the end of Rory Burns century I mean I think there was uh, some who put forward the notion that he played and missed 40 times in that innings right and it was a century that was based much like Joe Denley's one on a large dollar per fortune but but Burns did change. That's we, the Burns we are watching now. Actually, is a very different batsman to the one that we saw in that first Test match. So maybe Denley can adopt his game. Yeah, I think maybe that was more to do with pitches. But I, I do understand. I do understand what you're saying. But but essentially, you know, it it was nice to watch Denley bat well today because I, I hadn't seen him at Test level really bat well before. And also, you know, it's all well and good to say he shouldn't be there and he shouldn't be moved around the order and all this sort of stuff. But he's a professional and he's trying his hardest. And as I said, I've seen so much of him. He's got the absolute most out of himself today. And and there's something to admire him for. For for him to make 94 against a team of this quality, even if they weren't at their best and they're a bit tired, they made some mistakes, um, is is a phenomenal effort. And, uh, you know, I think that... That is worth, um, you know, he's going to go to South Africa and New Zealand and he might not make a run. Um, You know, so this might be the greatest day he's had other than yesterday when his baby daughter was born. So Joe Denley is player of the day? No, Steve Smith's player of the day. How many players of the day have we actually had since we've been putting together this podcast? There's been Steve Smith, there's been Joffre Archer, there's been Joe Denley. Okay, he's not today, but he is. How many others have there been? Did Mitch Marsh get in once? Yeah, Mitch Marsh yesterday. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a, it's a panoply of uh, player of the days.
Story of the day. I mean, has essentially Tim Payne cost Australia the Ashes in terms of winning it? You're going to say with the toss. Is that what you're going to I'm going to say the toss. Okay. I'm going to say the team selection. And I'm going to say his use of DRS. Okay. Um, let me, so let me quantify, yeah? Do, do we use the DRS. If he uses DRS correctly, day four at Lords, Stokes is out for six, doesn't go and score a century. I think Australia win that match. His decision to bat first, uh, sorry, to bowl first here at the Oval, I think it's been shown not to be a mistake. And if he had a say over Stark uh, not playing, had a siddle, I'd say, that's a, I'd say that could have changed the, the, the course of this series. As well as, of course, the infamous um, situation at Headingley. And in that last hour, he himself admits he made some basic errors as captain. Again, it's harsh, <laughs> but that's a lot of mistakes for a captain to make. And all of them, you know, forget all the, all the bowling changes and the field placements and the drop catches and all that stuff. That's part and parcel of the, that's part and parcel of the game. These are conscious decisions. There's a diff- that's a difference. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit subjective. I don't think he would have had much to do with Siddle playing in this test. I could, I could be wrong. Mm. Um, well, I mean, is it like in England, so England, you have Joe Root with the say, uh, Ed Smith with the say, and Trevor Bayliss, and I suppose it's two out of three wins. How does it work with Australia? Well, I, I don't think it's as clear cut as that. And also, I don't think Payne has the power that Joe Root does because, you know, he's an uh, accidental captain, isn't he? But, uh, look, when it comes down to it, He's not a brilliant captain, and he really hasn't been setting up his whole career to be a captain. So to think he's suddenly going to be an incredible captain um, is is a bit of, a bit silly, isn't it? Like, I mean, if he was, g- good luck to him. But realistically, he's he's playing a role and he's trying to do the best he can. I mean, they should have won it in Leeds anyway. They probably should have got Stokes out earlier in, in Lords, even without that mistake as well. I thought they were a bit all over him. Yeah, Warner dropped him. Yeah, so. I, I don't know. I, I think that it's very hard to win away from home, especially when you're such a flawed team and you basically have one batsman, even if that batsman is three times better than a, a normal human batsman. And maybe a couple of things haven't gone with them at times. But you, I think you have to be a lot better team than the other team to win, win on, when you're on the road. And I'm not sure 100% that that is the case with Australia. I think there are a better team, but I'm not sure if they're that much better. Um, but look, oh, little things too that have, you know, Pap's gone against them. You know, Lyon uh, has not bowled as well as they probably would have hoped he would have. Um, yeah. Siddle hasn't bowled as well as they would have assumed. Pattinson didn't take wickets when he came in. Uh, this test, they've caught terribly as well. And they don't... Under, they're, they're, you'd have to say they're a bit arrogant when it comes to reviews. And I don't think that's just a pain thing. I think that's a, that's a whole team thing. And, you know, there are little things that they can get over. I'm not sure I'd blame pain, but... I think they're going to be disappointed when they look back and they've just drawn this series, if that happens. And look, Steve Smith could still make 300. Ball of the day. I've got one. Have you got one? No! My ball of the day was the last ball of Patrick Cummins' 14th over. I'm sure you remember it. Yeah. It was cracked away to point. It was short. It was wide. Bairstow just dismissed it. And I thought, finally, after 203 overs, Australia have killed Pat Cummins. Yeah, well, I think he bowled 203 overs at a Shield final once, to be fair. So they have tried it before, uh, although it was New South Wales. Um, yeah, he came back with the new ball today, didn't he? And he just looked very tired. He, lo- he looked like he'd had 
a really big drinking session and then all of his mates had left and he looked around the party and he was like, oh, I'm on here on my own. I don't have the energy to get up. Oh, should I have one more? Oh, I I, and it doesn't taste the same now. It doesn't taste the same. I waited too long between the last drinks. It's true. It was, it was you know, that guy that is always there, the last one to leave. It is what realising, it's Vish, basically. It's realising that it's just you and Vish left in the bar. Which is the worst thing ever. I've done that before. All the What's good, in an Ibis bar, of all places? All the good-looking women that you were looking at you know, earlier in the evening, they've long gone, and basically you've missed the last bus home. I've shown my age a bit here. There's no Ubers, and basically it's either another drink, get through to breakfast, or just wind your sorry way back to your South London home wiping a tear as you walk. And that was Pat Cummins today. He has a South London home, weirdly, and he also hates fish. You got a shot of the day? I thought Rory Burns played an uh, strangely elegant cover drive early on. Um, I kept saying it was Rory Burns' prettiest shot of the series. Others uh, tried to uh, correct me on that, but I stand by that it was the prettiest shot. And then Bairstow played an incredible back foot punch uh, through points. Um, and Bairstow's an interesting one, isn't he? Because everyone's batted so poorly, people have almost almost not notice Besto. And we know that if we do notice Besto, that he's going to get so angry at everyone for noticing that he's not making runs uh, that, you know, he's the sort of person who would have left Vish in that bar. He would have left Vish in the bar at 9.30 when it was actually jamming. Uh, my shot of the day was uh, Joe Denley. Remember in Nathan Lyon's first or second over of the day and he cracked him over his head for four and then followed it up with a six over long on. And I just thought, hey, calculated assault. I like it. It was a calculated assault. And quite actually, George Dobell was sitting next to me at the time. And we, we've been watching Deadly play a line quite badly at times mm. we don't think he's a very good player of him and in the last match when he wanted to attack him he was sweeping and we were just like well, A it's not a good idea to sweep line because he gets more bounce than other bowlers and B Joe Denley looked like he wasn't a very good player of the slog sweep as well in this game he counted down the wicket and I thought that was a better option, but it still looks like to me he's not a very good player of, of, of Lyon. And I don't know if it's all spin or if it's just Lyon. We ha I haven't seen enough of him um, against some of the other quality. He spin. averages 60 against spin, which I thought, wow. And then I thought, oh, no, that just means he averages 60 against Roston Chase. I mean, what a player of Roston Chase he is. If he does stick around for a little while, I mean, it's New Zealand spinners... Um, and South African spinners are probably not going to be the ones to get him out anyway. But if he did play, let's say, another 20 tests, it would be interesting to follow that further. Um, I can't see him doing that, but, but that could be something interesting. But they were two beautiful shots. But then he came down, I think, a couple of overs later when Lyon changed ends and almost got caught and bowled trying it again. He's not quite that good against Lyon yet. Well, let's hear from the man of the moment, Joe Denley, uh, no doubt basking in the fact that he was today's player of the day. Yeah, it was good. It was um, obviously nice to, to, to get that score and um, disappointing not to, to get to the milestone, but we're in a great position going into day four and that's the most important thing and um, yeah, hopefully we can make the most of it tomorrow. Obviously, Ben's been in sublime form um, and it's always nice batting with him. And, like you say, we was able to you know, build a good partnership. Their, their bowlers got a bit weary. It's been a long series for them, and um, you know that was the key. It was trying to keep them out there, and we knew opportunities to score would come. And um, you know we're in a good position going into day four. Okay, so we skipped the rant of the day because neither me nor Jared are particularly ranty. Uh, what about uh, unluckiest of the day? Yeah, I thought Nathan Lyon was probably Australia's best bowler consistently today. He took a few wickets. I think. There are probably other days where he would have taken more wickets. I know his finger's still bothering him. I'm not 
I'm not sure he's bowled as well as he can in this entire series, especially the last couple of tests, but I still think that today um, he did very well. Although, I'm just remembering now, he's un- unluckiest of the day, but geez, that Joe's, Joe, Joe Root dismissal. Jeez, that was lucky. Anyway, um, I think he probably should have got more wickets. Um, uh, and uh, he's maybe been overshadowed a bit in this series. I see a lot of people are already starting to write their composite 11s. And, um, and uh, Lyon's not even getting in, in into some of them. They're saying it should be all seam, which is fair, because seam's obviously dominated. We you know, had a similar World Cup, didn't we? So, uh, but, but yeah, do you agree? Unlucky for today? Yeah, I do. I think Labuschagne was a little bit unlucky as well. I mean, he's deserved it. Has he taken a wicket? Yes, of course he took Jack Leach, that crucial wicket at the end of Old Trafford. I thought today, um, I think he deserved a wicket today. There was a, a, a lofted cover drive from Joe Denley that just evaded Mitchell Marsh at mid-off. Another day, a couple of inches lower, that would have gone to hand. There was a, um, a couple of edges onto the pads that just evaded the field, uh, a couple of close-ish LBW shouts. Um, so, yeah, I thought he was pretty unlucky. But, uh, yeah, no, I'll go with Nathan Lyon as well. Although, Rory Burns, I didn't think that was a particularly good ball that dismissed him either. Now you're talking about it. I'm not sure he got many wickets with... Oh, I suppose the, the Ben Stokes is the only good one. But I thought he bowled well and kept pressure on without... I'm not sure there's an unluckiest of the day. I'm not sure why. I... Maybe it's him. You got any lols? I've only got one and no one else saw it. But there was a little moment right towards the end when... Um, I think it was Bancroft at short leg and there was an inside edge onto the pad that flew over his head at short leg. But when you look at the, the replay, Bancroft doesn't see it at all. And he keeps edging forward, trying to find this ball. And the ball just sort of, without him knowing, is just going over his head. He, there's no way he would have caught it. He wouldn't have plucked it up or anything. But it is that moment where you, you, you know, it made me laugh and no one else. And isn't that what a Lowell of the Day is all about? No, Lowell of the Day is about joining in the fun. Um, well, people seem to find it funny when Jack Leach doesn't go out every ball. If one man laughs at a joke that nobody else in the world has seen... Did that joke actually happen? I don't know. I might have made up the whole incident. I'm not even sure I was watching. I thought it was pretty funny when uh, Tim Payne didn't review that leg before decision from Mitchell Marsh, which at the very worst would have been umpire's call. Um, that was quite funny. Uh, there are a few mistakes today, I thought. Um, you know, how can Peter Siddle play three tests in this series and Mitchell Stark just the one? And what are the other ones? I'm just looking at my notes because I actually took some today. No, that's it, pretty much. <laughs> Apart from the DRS moments and, uh, you know, Australia dropping a catch or two as well along the way. Yeah, the mistake of the day might have been Marcus Harris dropping that catch yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a mistake. Did he feel today, actually? Uh, he wasn't out there at all, I don't believe it. He certainly wasn't out there much if he was. I don't remember seeing him. I mean, Bancroft was out there most of the day. Uh, Smith, obviously... Um, dropped Stokes it was a tough one but it is Steve Smith and he did then catch an incredible one later um, that was probably Australia's last chance of getting a workable total they might still chase this down because it looks like a great batting pitch but that was a lot that was their chance of bowling England out for 220 or 180 um, and that's the funny thing about England it, the, for most of the day I still thought eh, they should, could still get bowled out for 250 here uh, well, there was a few moments of the day. Steve Smith with an incredible catch. Just when you thought the Rory Burns uh, effort yesterday wouldn't be bettered. I think you could argue that Steve Smith's effort was. Um, there was, of course, the DRS moments. And uh, Denley, Joe Denley top scoring with 94. But you've got another moment of the day. I thought it was quite apt that this series, um, that Australia sort of lost energy in this test. And, and you know, the most... 
poignant moment of that was when Peter Siddle was running in and uh, Tim Payne was up at the stump. So it just felt like... The autumn leaves are falling yeah. from the trees. It, it, it did feel like that sort of last county game when Surrey can't be promoted or relegated. It wasn't quite Alistair Cook pretending to be Bob Willis running into Bolter Ishant Sharma, but it was close. Well, that was awesome. I, that, was, and that wasn't autumn leaves. That was a great moment of cricketing history. He got Ishant Sharma out, caught down the leg side. I know, was there. I was there too. Do you know what was so... Uh, I, I look back at that moment and when you contrast cricket with football, which I often have to do because I, of course, work for TalkSport and I listen to a lot of football when the cricket's going on and I'm at the cricket and I'm going, guys, guys, come on, let's talk about cricket, not football. Did you know that Alistair Cook took that wicket on the same day as the 2014 World Cup final took place? And I just thought the two contrasts between that comedy moment at the end of a terrible test match, which has gone all five days, with him taking that wicket at the same time that the biggest sporting event in the world has taken place was quite funny. I don't know why you think it was a terrible test match. No, both number 11s made 50s. Oh, was that when Jimmy Anderson got 81? Yeah, and uh, who, I can't remember who, who, was it Mohamed Shami maybe? Was he the number 11 for India and he got a 50 as well? Incredible scenes. It was Mohamed Shami because Alan Gardner is nodding behind your head right now. This has been a very in edition of the following on podcast. Uh, we will uh, revert to type tomorrow. Could be the final day of the Ashes, could be the final following on podcast for this Ashes series. You will find out uh, what by following the cricket. But you'll be back here with us tomorrow after day four at the Oval. Myself and Jared Kimber, thanks for listening. Subscribe to iTunes and Acast when you're listening to the following on podcast. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparcel Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparcel Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.